And before we start tonight, I wanna let you in on a little bit uh, about Vertical that you might not know. Uh, this isn't really for you if you're new, but here's the reality. I work for uh, Vertical Ministries. My full-time job is to teach, fundraise, lead our, our staff, our, our volunteers, and, and our team leaders, and uh, it's confusing. I don't work for Baylor. And let me just make that really clear. I don't, I don't just because I do the football or basketball stuff, like I think it's been confusing to some people. Uh, I don't work for Baylor. Baylor does not fund Vertical whatsoever. It's my job to make sure Vertical can continue to happen. And uh, so fundraising is required for Vertical to happen. I just want you to know uh, that things cost money. Venues, getting to be here costs money. Police costs money to, to provide security. Worship leaders, the band we just had, staff, everything costs money and uh, all sorts of monies. And we actually uh, spend and, and uh, our budget's about $250,000 a year. But at year end, that might be like crazy money to you. You're like, what? 250 what? Dollars? You know, that's, that's real. And uh, every year end is really important for Vertical in order to continue to function. And so this year we're, we're raising, we're seeking to raise $100,000 before January 1st. And so I just want to invite you into that because we have a group of donors who have provided a match, which means if you give a dollar or your parents give a dollar, which is really the most important probably for all of you, is if your parents give a dollar, somebody is going to give a dollar to match that. And, and some of you, that might mean, you know, somebody giving $25, but we've given this announcement before and seen God even provide $25,000 from a single night. And so $100,000 by January 1st is totally possible, especially because of the contribution of these generous donors for a match. So if you think your parents would be interested, like, going home for Thanksgiving and informing them this is the right time. Year end is the right time. It's right now. And so if you're interested in that, if you don't mind just shooting at any of our social media platforms a DM with your email and I'll connect with you or just stop by after this uh, and, and I'd love to talk with you. I'll have somebody with me to, to take down emails. If you just want to stop and drop your email off, uh, I'll connect with you soon after that. So uh, that's all all the things before we start. I'd love to start by asking a, a very important question, and it's this. Look, if you had one shot, one opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted, in one moment, would you capture it or would you let it slip? Sing it with me if you know it. His palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. There's vomit on his sweater already. Mom's spaghetti, he's nervous, but on the surface he looks calm and ready to drop bombs. But he keeps on forgetting what he wrote down. The whole crowd goes so loud. He opens his mouth, but the words won't come out. He's choking now, time's up over plow. Okay, we're there, yeah, there you go. This is the beginning to the song Lose Yourself by the greatest rapper of all time, Eminem. Psych. Anyways, I start with this song because we have so many songs in our heads and, and some of them are amazing, some of them are useless unless you're in a long car ride or you're at a wedding. Weddings seem to be the place that, you know, the person with the most lyrics, you know, they show off. I get it, okay? I actually asked our team, I was like, what are some songs that like everyone knows that are kind of throwbacks? Like I'm not talking about, you know, Kanye's new album. I'm, I'm talking like, what is it that everyone knows? And some things that came up, like, I just want to raise your hand if you know some words to Yeah by Usher. 
Anyone? Everyone. Okay. Look out, out, ridiculous, in the club looking so conspicuous, and now these women all, uh, never mind. Okay. How about photograph? Look at this photograph. Okay. Got our emotional people are raising their hand. That's good. What about Mr. Brightside? Just started out with the kiss. Oh, everyone. Okay. And then this one's kind of weird, but do you remember Call Me Maybe? Yeah. Like somehow we all know those words. I just met you. This is crazy. Anyways, uh, what about Holla Batgirl? That's like the dumbest one we all know. And literally like Gwen Stefani taught us all how to spell bananas, right? Like this is bananas. B and then there's plenty of other. Yeah, see, y'all got it. Congrats. There's other even worse ones, like my boy JT singing Sexy Back. When, now it's kind of old, right? It's kind of weird. And then Baby by Bieber, all these other ridiculous things, these songs that we know, and our team was just laughing about all these different jams that we, we know all the words to. And I even think back to when I, I wasn't walking with Jesus, and I think back to the, this song by Afro Man. It came to my mind. I was like, what's the most ridiculous song I can remember? The most inappropriate thing you could ever think about. So don't go look it up and don't send me an email complaining because I'm openly saying this is awful. But I remember Colt 45 and two zigzag. Baby, that's all we need. We can go to the park. Y'all shouldn't know this song. Smoke that tumbleweed. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. I start with this tonight because I want you to know you have the ability to memorize things. You have the ability to know information. We're going to be talking habits of the heart, habits for the heart. Tonight is about memorizing scripture. So yes, I am about to shame all of us, myself included, because we know things. And what you also need to know is it's not just the ability that we have. We don't understand the importance of it. We don't understand the impact of it. And what you need to know is then when, when this information and this knowledge that we have, it intersects with our experience. It, it creates an impression on our hearts and it, it creates meaning and impact and significance. Here's what I mean. When I think back to Colt 45 and two zigzags, that's a can of beer and two joints that I was singing about when I was 16 years old and I would sing about it and then I started to experience it. I was acting on that. It became the, the way that I was living. I was listening to the songs, the, the information, and then I was experiencing it. And when those things came together, I, I couldn't forget it. Like to this day, I can sing all of those inappropriate songs. And it was, it was information, it was experience, and it created an impression. It created meaning and significance, and it's not always positive. And so what I want us to see tonight is the importance of truth and information and knowledge. But I'm going to challenge you not just to take the truth, but I want us to experience it. So that we rightly respond, like you've had this happen in your life where you know something. Like, for example, I wrote down, like, I remember Springsteen by Eric Church. And I remember being in, in a relationship. I was in college. And uh, I, I, there was this song. It was our song, you know, right? It was a song. It, it came in the summer. It's a soundtrack to a July Saturday night. And, and, and the lyrics and the information, it, it was like, it hit the experience. And now every time I hear it, I'm like, 
That's my song. It's fine. I'm over it, but I'm just telling you, that's my song, okay? I'm going to go to counseling. Anyways, so tonight we're going gonna, gonna, we're gonna to keep it simple. We're going to be in Psalm 119. If you brought your Bibles, you can turn there. We're going to be in verses 9 through 16. It's the longest psalm. It's actually the longest chapter in the Bible. Psalm 119, 9 through 16. We're going to see this, that truth gives blank but takes blank. Truth gives blank, but takes blank. I'm going to fill in the two blanks tonight. We don't do that very often. Let's, you know, shake things up a little bit. And as we talk about memorizing scripture, I just want you to know, you know, I give you just the fact that you know how to remember things and it impacts us and it's important. But I want you to know, you know, Christianity isn't the only religion that memorizes things. Uh, Islam, uh, many Muslims memorize the Quran and they, they actually treat the book itself with more respect than we treat our Bibles. They wouldn't let the Bible, or the Quran, excuse me, they wouldn't let it touch the ground. And uh, many of us would probably treat the American flag better than we treat the Bible. We're like, oh, that thing can't touch the ground. But when it comes to our Bible, we're just tossing it around like it's, it's not the holy scriptures that we've been given. And so there, there's, there is something about knowing that isn't just for Christianity, and so I venture to say there's something more important about knowing God's word, and we're gonna see how, how it's important to know God's word. But I just wanted you to know, like, this isn't the only religion that even believes that. And that might not be important to you, but it's just significant. It's interesting. And it also could be a good thing to talk about with people that have other faiths, so it's good to know. So Psalm 119, as I said, starting in verse nine. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I love this passage. How can a young man keep his way pure? Truth, God's word, gives freedom. That's the first blank. Truth gives freedom. Verse nine, how do we find purity? By guarding our purity and our lives according to God's word. Verse 11, how do, we, how do we not sin against God? We store up his word within our hearts. Truth is what gives us freedom in this life. I'd venture to say there's this gap in the Christian life. If you're a Christian, you've probably heard it said before, like you're free from sin. And, and honestly, our experience doesn't align with that. And I want you to know if your experience doesn't align with that, there's, there's really three things you need to know. First is that we have the power of the Holy Spirit in us. We have the power of the resurrection within us. We have the power to overcome sin. Two, maybe we don't have the truth that we're told keeps us pure. So maybe, maybe we don't have a right understanding of being led by the Holy Spirit. Maybe we don't have truth within us, or we don't rightly understand. There's even this separate part where we don't realize that by God's grace, we've been completely forgiven. And so that's kind of the other gap. We're like, wait, I still sin. And what you need to know is you've been forgiven from all sin. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so there's this weird thing where you're like, no, he died, but and I've been forgiven, but I sinned today. And it's kind of confusing. And so those are the three things you kind of need to know along the lines of freedom. And so the one thing we're talking about tonight is truth. Many of us maybe aren't experiencing truth because we don't know 
or excuse me, many of us don't, aren't experiencing freedom because we don't know truth. And I'd love to just go on a tangent for a second. If God word, God's word brings us freedom, I think it would be good for us to stop being obsessed with sticky statements. And, and I'm like the king of this. Like you come to vertical, I give you a point, and you write down truth gives freedom, right? You're like, mm, that's good. Okay, yep. Mm-hmm. Write that one down. And I've even heard it said, like I remember one of the most sticky statements I've ever heard. I'll never forget. It had to do with dating, and I say it all the time. And it's, don't lower your standards, lengthen your patience. And I remember when I first heard this, some, they said it from the stage, and everyone was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, amen to that. Don't lower that bar, just lengthen that patience, right? And I remember this audible, mm, you know, and everyone's writing it out. And it, what's crazy is I think that's good, but we don't even know why we should be patient. Like, we don't know all that the Bible says about how love is patient. It's kind. And actually a fruit of the spirit is patience. Love, joy, peace, patience. We don't know the fruits of the spirit, but we're like all about the, mm, the dating, like, you know, don't lower the bar, right? Points in sermons aren't truth unless they're quoting the Bible. Points help us organize thoughts and truth. They point us to the word and they point us to the Lord. And I just want you to know, for me, I hate points. I really do. I, I really only use them because they, put, they, they organize things and they put them in buckets for us to be able to, to organize in a you know, linear way. I think that they're helpful. That's why I use them. That's why I'm using one, truth gives freedom, and then I'm picking on it, correct? Because what I'd much rather you know other than truth gives freedom, I'd much rather you know that how does a young man keep his way pure by guarding according to your word? With my whole heart I seek you that I might not sin against you, right? Like that's, that's exactly what we wanna do. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I'd much rather you know it than you just know this little point how truth gives freedom. There isn't very much power in what humans say all the time. I think God can use that through the power of the Holy Spirit. But I want to just challenge us to quit memorizing what humans said and start memorizing what God has said. And you're writing it down. Anyways, ironic. And we continue. Truth brings freedom. What we see in Ephesians 6 in the New Testament, this was written, I just want you to know, Psalm 119 was written when only like this much of the Bible was around. So really he had those books at the beginning that you don't read or you only read whenever you start reading the Bible every year. You're like, oh, I guess we've got to jump into Genesis. You know, all these books, I guess I've got to finally go back to them, right? Like this, this was written when it was just those first five books and it was unlikely that the writer had access to it. So for them to say, how do I keep a, my, how do I, how does a young man keep his way pure by guarding it according to your word? That means they're going to go to the temple they're going to learn it. Even just the stories of creation and all those different things in the Exodus, all these things, the writer is saying, that's how you keep, our, that's how we keep pure, by knowing God's faithfulness through scripture. That's the Old Testament. Then we have in the New Testament, God shows us in Ephesians 6 that, that believers are meant to put on the whole armor of God. And there's all these different pieces to the armor. In Ephesians 6, 17, talks about putting on 
the, the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, because everything in the armor of God is defensive except God's Word. It's our only offense. It's our only offensive weapon that we've been given. And so truth brings freedom. It gives freedom. It's the key to unlocking the handcuffs of sin. And it's hard to find freedom without the key. I'm going to warn you of something for those that maybe have been walking with Jesus for a long time. Maybe there's you think that it's transactional. I just want to give a quick warning. It's not like you wake up tomorrow, you memorize some you know, random verse in the Bible, and then you expect not to sin tomorrow. That's very transactional. This is actually meant to be transformational. That over time, we're continually learning God's word. We're continuing knowing, understanding what it says about who we are and who God is. And as we do that, then we're transformed and we find purity. And we find freedom. And so I just want to warn you, it's not a transaction. It's about transformation. So let's keep reading in verse 11. Let's go 11 through 16. I have stored up your word in my heart that I, not, I might not sin against you. I just read that. Verse 12. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes and will not forget your word. So what we see here is the second point. The first is truth gives freedom. The second is, but it takes focus. Truth gives freedom, but takes focus. Focus. I I, I take this point. I'm going to prove my point. In verse 15, I will meditate on your precepts and I will fix my eyes on your ways. That's a focus. That's a meditation. We're going to talk about meditation in just a second. So how do we focus on the word? I want us to just look at this text. Blessed are you, O Lord, teach me your statutes. How do we stay focused? We're teachable. We have to come to vertical. That's why we go to church. We come and we go to God's word so that we can be taught. We don't come with hard hearts where you're like, this is a waste of my time. I'm only here to be seen by other people. That's not why we're here. You don't go to church in that way. Like we come to be taught. So focus means we're teachable in verse 12. Verse 13, with my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. That means we talk about it. That means the word as we're focusing is something that we learn personally. And it's even something that we talk publicly about. So we are teachable. We talk about it publicly. We, verse 14, delight in it as much as riches that's convicting. I'm like, I, I can't say that I love God's word more than I love money. You know, that's kind of just not the most normal sentence for me to even say. But in your ways, in the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. It's something that we delight in, we, we have joy in. Verse 15, as I said, this is where I got focus. I will meditate. That means to sit with, to experience, not just memorize, as I said. It's not just about knowing the scripture. It's experiencing it. It's learning it in a way that you're, you're almost chewing on it would be a good way to think about it. And you're applying it through the day so that it can create this impression on your heart so that we might better understand who God is. Is in verse 16, as we memorize and know God's word, 
As we focus on God's word, we don't forget God's word. As we learn to focus on God's word and we learn to know God's word, then we don't forget it. Focus is what keeps us from forgetting because truth is what God has given us to guide us. We're all looking for a guide, right? Maybe it's just me. I'm the only one that's lost. But we all need a guide and truth is exactly what God has given us to guide us. So truth gives freedom but takes focus and I wanna give two more warnings. The second warning is watch out for pride. Watch out for pride because if you memorize without understanding the meaning, without it transforming and renewing your heart and your mind, and if you're just memorizing to show off your Bible skills like you might have done if you grew up in the church, or you just memorize some verses so that you know when you pray in front of people, they might think that you're holy or something. Beware. Beware. In addition... I'd like to pick on Christian scriptures for a moment, probably because I didn't get an A in it, but that's fine. (laughs) Christian scriptures isn't the spiritual marker. And really, you can get an A in Christian scriptures and go to hell. I'm serious. It has nothing to do with it. It's... It's this thing where you could honestly, I knew I knew this guy when I went to Israel a couple of years ago. My guide was Jewish, and he knew the Bible better than me. It was very, very weird. He knew the Bible better than everyone on the trip. And it was just so crazy that he didn't believe in Jesus. But he knew more about Jesus than I did. And so it's not necessarily about information. It's not about what you know, it's about who you know. Because even Psalm 119 is pointing us to the person of Jesus. This is all, all the scripture, it's just a story of how God loves us so much that he sent his only son to die on our behalf, that we might have life. And so we don't, we don't learn this book so we can become good or better. We learn this book because this book tells us about how we have life in Christ. This is all a means to an end. And I think because we're, you know, we have so much, we have chapel, we have Christian scriptures, Christian heritage, we have, you know, a a church on every corner and one under the bridge, and we have all these different things all over the city of Waco. And what we forget is that all these things are just lattice. For those dudes that don't know what lattice is, it's this stuff right here, this white. This is lattice. And here's what I mean by this. What I mean is the the discipline of knowing God's word and the discipline of fasting, the discipline of worship, these are all disciplines. Even, Even chapel and scriptures and all these different spiritual things that we do, those those are a means. The end is we're the branches, and he's the vine. They're all just meant to support us so that when we get heavy, we don't fall off. We don't disconnect from the vine. We stay connected because of this support system, this lattice, these disciplines. But what we think of so often is we we do the disciplines and we do the means and we think that God will love us more and that's not the case. We do the disciplines so we can be reminded 
that all our life comes from the true vine and the true vine is Jesus Christ. That image that we start the year off and we say abide is the same image we end with. Because every day, all that matters is whether or not you're abiding, whether or not you're remaining, whether or not you're staying connected to the person of Jesus. It's not about what you know. It's about who you know. It's your relationship with Jesus that gives you life and gives you absolutely everything. And so we memorize and we know God's word and we, we meditate on it and we learn it so that we might know more about the God that we believe in. And so in summary, truth gives freedom but takes focus. And so how do we apply this? I wanna challenge everyone. We're gonna memorize something together. The next vertical is a worship night. We do this worship night. We're not meeting next Monday, the Monday of Thanksgiving, because many of you will skip school and go home early after the UT game and, uh, or maybe after church Sunday, right? And so uh, we're not gonna meet that Monday. I'm not promoting skipping school, just for clarity. Now that I think about that, I'm not promoting it. We're just not gonna meet. And so, uh, but when you come back from Thanksgiving break that Monday, We do this worship night. You're not going to want to miss it. Hayden's going to be back with us. It's going to be an amazing night. That's December 2nd. Monday, December 2nd is the Monday after Thanksgiving. That's 13 days. And I want everyone in here, I don't care what you believe in, I want everyone in here to memorize Psalm 16 with me. It's 11 verses. 13 days. That's one a day. You can take two days off or you can take two days to review. The procrastinators will take the days off the next two days and they will have a long road ahead. The overachievers will go memorize it tonight in the next hour and you will frustrate me because it will take me 13 days to memorize it. That's my challenge. That's my application. It's like really clear. The last couple of weeks, we've just been doing really, really simple applications. Fasting, we fast Fridays. We do Thursday 5 to Friday at 5. Our team has been. Last week, talked about worship. Started worshiping immediately. This week, memorizing scripture. Don't know where to memorize? I got the place for you. Psalm 16. You have to make the time to memorize. And I, I must admit, it's hard to memorize something that you aren't reading. So that might be the challenge as well. And then some of you... You need to get creative. Maybe you make things into songs because apparently we all learn song lyrics. <laughs> write it places, leave it places, write it on your hand. I think that's the coolest thing. Some people hate that. I don't care what you think. And so that, that's the kind of stuff. Like you should check out the Shane and Shane album. Truly the Shanes, uh, Shane and Shane have a, a, a Psalms album. You should go listen to it. Psalm 16, they have it. You can learn it via song if you need it. Go check it out. But again, it's not just about memorizing Psalm 16 in these coming days. That's just information. That's knowledge. I want you to be applying it. I want it to intersect your experience and your prayers and your thoughts so that it can be impressed on your heart so that you never forget that. Just like you never forget 
Colt 45 and two zigzag. Don't sing anymore. <laughs> so that's the challenge and the application. And I want to close tonight by inviting a few of my friends up who have started doing this without a sermon, without a challenge. And so a few three ladies wouldn't mind jumping up here. They're going to share from Scripture things that they've been learning. And I just want you to stand and be encouraged and be thankful. All right, this is Isaiah 53, 3 through 6. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was crushed for our iniquities. He was pierced for our transgressions. Yet it was the chastisement that was upon him that gave us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. We all have turned, each one, to his own way. And the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. And that passage has given me a whole new meaning of what it means to rejoice, knowing that the God of the universe Hundreds of years before Jesus was even born, that passage was written, and it explains Jesus and his life and his coming and knowing that his sin, not his sin, sorry, my sin was left at the cross because of Jesus' sacrifice. John 15, 1 through 8 are Jesus' last words to his disciples before he goes to the cross, and they say this. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that does not bear fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. The Lord has used this passage to transform my walk with him as it showed me what it looks like to remain in Christ, to constantly delight and dwell in his presence and to invite him into the little day-to-day things. And this is Psalm 16. Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. As for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones, in whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those who run after another God shall multiply. Their drink offerings of blood I will not pour out or take their name upon my lips. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also, my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or let your Holy One see corruption. 
You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Let's go! Let's give a round of applause. Y'all can take a seat. Yes! I love it. That is absolutely amazing. That last one that Ali said was Psalm 16. It is a longer psalm. We'll all suck it up. It's a beautiful ending. Beautiful. And, and truly, I, I want to just tell you two things. One, they all memorized those scriptures and they were meaningful because of what they were going through. That's why they shared a little bit even about the way that that had impacted them and the way that they had learned. And then lastly, for all you dudes, how come none of you came to mind to bring up and share what God's been teaching you and the things that you'd memorize? And I know some of you are like, well, you just don't know me. I get it. But I just want you to know, like, if you're like me and you, you weren't necessarily meditating and knowing God's word, if you're a dude especially, I want to invite you. Let's do this. Let's quit playing games. Let's quit being lazy. And let's follow him. Let's be all in. I'm going to pray that we would be. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that, that everything in this, in this book points to you. Lord, everything in this book is just teaching us that you're worthy for us to declare your words. You're worthy to, to teach us. You're worthy to, your word, it gives freedom. It brings freedom. It's how we find purity is knowing what you've said and knowing you. And so Lord, I pray that we would know you above all else. Like the most important thing is that we would be in right relationship to you. And so Lord, I pray for the students that have been just wasting a semester. I pray that tonight that they would be like, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm returning to you. Lord, I know that, that you love me. You've proved it through sending your son Jesus to die for me. And so Lord, I pray for those students that they would just simply say, Lord, I'm gonna return to you. I'm gonna follow you one day at a time. I'm gonna, I'm gonna seek you with my whole heart. I'm gonna die to myself. I'm gonna pick up my cross. I'm gonna follow you. Would tonight be the night for those? And Lord, I pray for the student in here that doesn't know you that doesn't have a personal relationship with you. Maybe they've just been doing spiritual things. They've been doing disciplines. They've been knowing God's word, but they don't know or have a relationship with you. As I just said, we focused on the lattice and the disciplines and not on you being the true vine. And we're just simply the branches. And so Lord, I pray if there's a student here tonight that doesn't know you, doesn't have a relationship with you, I'm gonna ask that if, if you're that student and you wanna confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and, and if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the grave, I'm just gonna ask that you raise your hand right now. You just say, Lord, I'm gonna return to you. I've heard about you. I wanna know you personally. Would you just raise your hand? I want you to know, I wanna know you, God. You can put your hands down. And Lord, I, I pray for the skeptic, the person who doesn't fully isn't fully bought in, but they're here, Lord. I pray that they would, they would seek you. They would ask questions to their friends that they know follow you. 
They would even ask questions maybe to, to one of us on staff or somebody on our young adult team. And then lastly, Lord, I pray for those that, that are all in, that are following you, that are memorizing your word. I pray that you would give them endurance. I pray that, you'd, that you would give them opportunity to share your word and your good news with other people as they go about their days. And Lord, may your kingdom come in Waco. May you do the work of revival that only you can do. Lord, we ask this all in your son Jesus' name.